my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I'm sending you all so much love, and I hope that you are having a great day wherever you are. It is May. It is, well, I'm recording this on the first day of May, but it's going to be uploaded at the beginning of May. And if you're here in the States, that means that it is Mother's Day month. In a few weeks, we will be celebrating Mother's Day. And Mother's Day can bring a lot of different emotions based on all of our stories. For some people, it can bring a lot of joy and happiness and excitement and gratitude. For others, it can bring a lot of sadness and yearning and longing and regret and anger and rage and confusion and helplessness and hopelessness. And for many of us, it's a combination of all those emotions and grief and you know, a lot that goes with it. And so this is a very tender time for many of us, for those of us who ignore it and say it's just another day and for others who can't and for others who don't because it's a day of celebration for them. So I try to always just hold space around that time. And so a few years ago during COVID, I had a Mother's Day workshop where I talked about healing from mother wounds. And so this year, I'm going to do another workshop, but this time it's going to be focused on how to cope when you have a conflictual relationship with your mother as an adult. So for some of us, as we have gotten older, things have gotten better with our mothers. Maybe they've started off conflictual and we became friends. For some of us, we've always been friends with our mothers. And so that's been a blessing. And for some of us, we've tried to do our own work. We've tried to send our moms articles. We're trying to try to drop seeds for therapy and it just hasn't gotten better. If anything, it's gotten worse. And especially the more you've worked on yourself, the more you're aware of how triggering and hard this is. And so on Thursday, May 11th at 6.30 p.m. CST, we are going to have a workshop that we're going to be talking about that. So how to cope with the triggers that are coming up how to share boundaries, or if you're in a situation, so many of my clients, so many of y'all live with your family members, you're in close proximity with them. Culturally, it's not as simple as going into no contact, you know, and so how do you manage communication when it is forced and needed to be present? How do you forgive what's going on? How do you not let your identity be as wounded as it is when the person who has given birth to you or the person who has been a mother figure for you, if they did not give birth to you, has hurt you in that way. So that is going to be a workshop for this month. As y'all can see, I'm trying to do smaller workshops here and there so that more people can have access to support and help. And also wanting us to have more ongoing healing. You know, the recovery school program is for our base foundation to to heal all these wounds, get us in new patterns. And 
in the everyday. We want to make sure that we're constantly doing our emotional work to, to stay present with what we need. So that is what this workshop is going to be for. In honor of Mother's Day as well, it is time for us to talk about mother enmeshed men. I've dropped little seeds and little comments here and there, but today we're going to talk about what do you do when you are in relationship with or if you happen to be a mother of a man who is emotionally enmeshed. This can cause a lot of drama, a lot of chaos, and we need to talk about it. So let's go ahead and jump on in. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic get 25% off your first order from the honeypot.co slash summer that's t-h-e-h-o-n-e-y-p-o-t dot c-o slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today so Let's talk a little bit more about what I mean when I say mother enmeshed men. So I've said in a previous podcast episode how having a healthy relationship with one's mother is a beautiful thing. And this is across a gender spectrum. And so a man having a healthy, close, intimate relationship with his mother is not a red flag. However, when it shows up as him having a loss of his own sense of identity, an inability to say no or to figure out what it is that he wants and what he needs, for him to feel as if he is betraying his mother, for him to make healthy healthy decisions for his career, for his finances, for his romantic life, for his body image, for himself, that it all has to get channeled through his mother. That is extreme enmeshment and extreme codependence. 
And what happens in these types of relationships is that it's hard, well, impossible for the man to have a healthy relationship with another woman because he is already in that emotionally enmeshed relationship with his mother. And so that man feels very trapped. And a lot of times what happens is because he has that emotional obligation to his mother to protect her, to to be her partner, to to shelter her. And if he steps away from that, he has learned both overtly and covertly that if he does that, he's a bad son, that something bad is going to happen, either uh, verbally, emotionally, that mom might hurt herself. Mom might be depressed for weeks on end. Mom might shut him out. He has learned through years and years of that type of emotional abuse is sometimes physical and sometimes more that he is not allowed to leave. And so, so the same emotions that he has not been able to give to her, the rejection, the saying no, the rebellion, the standing on his own two feet and, and digging his heels in because he can't do that with mom. He will do that with whatever other primary relationship is uh, with a woman that he has in his life. And if you are, if he is heterosexual and is, if he is with a woman, then that will be you. So that's why many of us, if we have ever been in a relationship with a man who is emotionally enmeshed with his mother, we can feel so, so confused around the circus of you will bend over backwards and you will do everything you can to be accommodating to your mother and to her wishes and to her whims. But with me, you don't even care at all. And if anything, you're a little bit more antagonistic or a lot more antagonistic with me versus with her. And you're like, I don't understand why. And then you will start a lot of fighting to be heard. And it's just a back and forth. It's a battle you can't win. And depending on where the mother is, what what her disposition is, she can be overtly, uh, she can be very intentional, and bold and flaunting the fact that she is the number one woman and that this is her son and this is her family and this is uh, what, uh, how it goes. Or she can be like very sweet and nice, but then, you know, say things behind your back to your son and get in the middle that way and tell him how he deserves better and all this other stuff. She can be a blatant narcissist and be emotionally abusive to both of you. At the same time, I mean, it could could show a lot of different ways, but you're the one who's left in multiple levels feeling really thrown off guard. So in today's episode, I am going to talk to two groups of women. I'm going to talk to the women who are in relationships with these men and talk a little bit more about what that looks like for you. And then I'm also going to talk to the women who are the mothers of these emotionally enmeshed men. And here's the thing before I get too far, especially if you are new to this podcast, here's something that I need you to know. Here, I try to respect the fact that trauma is no respecter of persons. It's going to hit all of us in in ways that if we were writing our own story, we would not want it to happen. We do not go into our life stories looking for ways to hurt people. We're not looking for ways to to sabotage other people. We're not looking for ways to live in our own self-worth, but sometimes life circumstances and what we were given or not given as little girls, as, as young people, forms a perspective and forms a way that we operate in this world that even with our best intentions, we end up hurting others. That is a very 
cushioned way of me to say that my my talking to the mothers of a meshman is not going to be filled with any kind of gotchas or any kind of shaming or any kind of how dare used or anything like that because i understand that women who who have lived in this dynamic and created it that you have created it because of what was done to you because of what was not given to you because of what you have seen most often you were in your own emotionally enmeshed relationship with your own parents or severely neglected or harmed in some way. And you're doing the best that you know how. Again, you know, we can be doing the best that we know how and it can have some really hurtful consequences. And I just know because I've been in this work and because I've watched it, that it's never too late for any of us. Whether or not we're in our 20s or we're in our 60s or 70s, I've watched women, I've watched men of all ages, of all races, of all, you know, genders, of presentations, of all religious backgrounds. I've watched everyone and, and every group change. But you need the willingness to do so. You need the humility to do so. You need to have the openness that maybe what I thought was true is not true. And also courage, because oftentimes we do the things that we're doing because it's worked for us and as a way of self-protection. And so sometimes removing our dysfunctional patterns is terrifying because we have learned from experience that doing something else does not provide the results that we need. That if I step out and do something else, I'm going to look stupid. No one's going to be there for me. I'm going to be disappointed. I'm going to be hurt. And and I and I get it. And I hold space for that because it is so this work is sometimes the most terrifying things you'll ever do. And it's, it's in your mind's eye, but it can feel like that you are literally stepping off of a cliff and you're about to fall off. Like you can you feel it in your body, you know. You feel these emotions and you feel the terror and you feel the fear in your body. And I just want to name that and I want to respect that. And I want to say that if you allow yourself to use the right tools, the right method to have the right people in your corner, you can make these changes in a safe way and not have the same results from before. So I'm saying that with all the tenderness that I can for moms who have unknowingly or even knowingly created these types of dynamics with your sons, with your daughters, with other people where they feel obligated to you, that it has been safer for you to own them versus to allow them the ability to move forward. And and even, even me saying owning them in respect to you may feel pretty strong because for you, it may feel, feel like you've been trying to protect them. That you've seen, you've seen the dangers of this world through your own experience. You've seen how life can completely turn at the drop of a hat. And you've wanted to protect your children no matter the age, whether or not they're four or 40. You know, they're still your babies and you want to help them. And I hope that this podcast episode and talking about what the experience is like on the other end of that for your child helps give you a little bit of openness for maybe in that protective intention, something has gotten a little bit lost. And then also for you, for you to be able to live a life where you can 
even though, you know, what's the phrase that says having a child is like having your heart step out of your chest and walk around, (laughs) even with having your heart walking around in the world, that you're still able to learn and find how, how to have access to your own pleasure, your own identity, your own community, your own love, your own romance that is built on what's inside of you and not built on whether or not people are following the rules and doing what you want them to do. So we're going to start with the first side, though, and we're going to start with what it's like to be in relationship with these types of folks. So in the intro, I said a lot of what this looks like for for people who are in, for men who are in emotionally enmeshed relationships with their mothers. And the thing about manhood, and this is me as someone who's not ever experienced manhood, but what I've seen and learned and heard from the men who have been in my circle and been in my care is that being able to stand on your own and being a leader and feeling strong and feeling seen is so important. Even more important than, you know, for us, we need to feel loved and nurtured and adored and cared for. And that's what makes us feel safe. And for men, even though we all, everyone needs to feel loved and everyone needs to feel respected and everyone needs to feel seen, right? So we all know that that is common across the board. But for men, the way that they feel loved and seen is by feeling respected and being able to step out and have these journeys and have these, have these adventures and kind of these, these coming of age moments. And, and I'm trying to find a way to emphasize that that doesn't sound cliche because I know it's so easy in today's time for that to kind of be washed away and say, well, everybody needs that. And I, and I really need, I really need for us to suspend our judgment just for the next 45 minutes to hear this, to try to understand, you know, same, same pitch I gave to all groups to just let's go into this with the possibility that maybe there's something else to learn. And if not, you can throw it away. As always, throw it away if it doesn't align. So with that being such a core need, if or when they grow up in a family that from jump is completely emasculating in the way of you are not allowed to have an identity outside of me. You are not allowed to make a decision without it going through me. And if anything, what your purpose is, is, is to be, is to be my sounding board and to be what I want. And I'm going to mold you and I'm going to punish you either emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, sometimes sexually to be what I need you and want you to be. And that is crippling. And these men will grow up. And they will be six foot four or sometimes five foot two, (laughs) but they will have facial hair and beards and these big, strong bodies and still feel so crippled on the inside and still feel so unsure and still feel so doubtful because they were never given an opportunity to to learn who they are as people and as men and what that looks like for them. If anything, their leadership has been channeled into being the leader of this dyad family, whether or not it's him and his mom, or if he was the parent inside the family system, but that is what his charge in life is, right? And so, like I've already said before, you know, for those of us who have experienced that type of intensive trauma, 
and that aggressive trauma and that intrusive trauma where you've had people who have been so critical of you and told you what you could and couldn't do and not allowed you to breathe, you know how suffocating that is. You know how overwhelming that is. You know how infuriating that is, right? And then again, for those of you who have also or currently are also in emotionally enmeshed relationships with parents or caregivers or other people, you feel helpless because you're not a heartless person. You care about this person. So even though you feel angry and and resentful, you're still going to be there because you love them, right? And so this can manifest in so many different ways. Sometimes it manifests as a very overt mama's boy. So a very kind-hearted, loving, but also docile man who is who allows you to be in charge and is, you know, emotionally expressive and all these things until it comes to the boundaries with his mom. He can be a fully compatible and cooperative partner with you. But then when mom comes around, he regresses to being three, four, five years old. And yes, ma'am, and whatever you need. And even sometimes, you know, I've watched men kind of go lifeless, like they're physically present and they're there, but like their eyes glaze over, their shoulders slump, and they just, you know, they kind of freeze and they just learn to whatever is happening right now, whatever's happening in the space, whatever mom is saying, whatever she's asking for, just go still and go along with it. And so if you're the romantic partner with someone like that and you're watching mom say or do things that are emotionally abusive or ask for things that are going to put him or you or the family in trouble financially, or, you know, he's really tired and she's asking for something that's completely outrageous for him to do. And he just goes along with it. You're watching this and you're like, you just told me how much you hate this, or I see what this is doing to you. Stand up for yourself. And he goes lifeless. And you're like, what is happening? It's because he has learned that this is how you survive. This is how you live. This is how not only you give love to your mom, but you also receive love from your mom as well. He has most likely in many cases, for for many families, you know, he's, they have watched their moms go through depressive episodes. Their moms have shared their trauma with them about how people have abandoned them and not been there for them. Sometimes the fathers are still present. They're still alive. They're still in their relationship, but the fathers have been squeezed out either by son becoming the new surrogate partner or dad has left or mom has complained about dad for so long. And so the son has become the protector and the savior in that way. And, you know, when, when you are in the receiving end as a partner and you're watching this and most, most of the time men who are like this, they get with women who are just like their mothers. (laughs) They get with women who are most likely strong personalities who are also very independent and are able to call shots. So it merges very well with the men who, who kind of go along to get along. And again, it, it presents as, oh, he's really agreeable and he respects my boundaries and he cares what I have to say. and We're great life partners. And if only mom would get out the way, but Really, this man has just found another woman. I'm saying this respectfully, y'all. He's found another woman to to run his life for him. And this is all subconscious, right? Like, it's just, you know how I talk about we look for things that are 
familiar, even if they're uncomfortable, like we live this, so we, we understand it, right? So it would be so jarring for him to go from living a life where he was never allowed to have an identity or have his own sense of direction and doing his own thing all the time to now he's with a partner who's like, well, baby, what do you think? And no, whatever you decide, I trust you. You're totally fine. He would not know what to do with that at all. So finding, if it's a, if a better way to say it is finding an opinionated partner is, is more able to be received. That's what happens. And with that, we got alpha woman number one and, and mama and mama bear meets wife and wife or girlfriend. And, you know, she has worked hard to not let anyone step on her toes and she can spot disrespect. And you're not my mama, like you're his mama, but you're not my mama. Right. And so depending on her disposition, whether or not these are direct conflicts or conflicts that girlfriend or wife brings to partner, it happens. And, you know, what's really painful and what I hear is really painful from the women who are in this experience is not being protected by their partner. And I feel like that is such a core need for all people, but especially women to feel protected in their relationship, to feel as if their partners have their back, to feel chosen, to feel special, to feel prioritized, you know, whatever word connects more to you, to feel cherished, right? And so to have another relationship come in, what's the word, usurp, to take over that place that you rightfully should have as someone who's building a life with them, possibly building, having children with them, you know, sharing a house and bills and everything else, like that can feel very overwhelming. If I was teaching online, I would stop and say, does that make sense? And ask for questions. I'm not, so <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. So I can present as the mama's boy who either from the beginning, you can tell, oh, wow, like they really don't have a good sense of self-worth or someone who seems very self-confident and is very agreeable and a good life partner until around mom. It can also present as someone who is very commitment phobic. So again, think about the fact that this person has learned that to be in an intense relationship with a woman, an intimate relationship with a woman means intensity, means a loss of identity, means that he is trapped. Literally, he is trapped. He, he could not get out of the house by himself. And if he did get out, what were the ways that he found an escape? Did he find an escape through sexual exploits? You know, which is really common for people who struggle with sex and sex and love addiction because mom is priority. And so, you know, no girlfriends were ever good enough. You know, he had to be available for mom as well. And so he never really got an opportunity to learn how to build a deep, lasting, intimate relationship with someone that didn't get thwarted or didn't get interrupted or didn't get compared to somebody else. And so that's really hard, but you need, you still need love. You still need connection. You need still, you still need to developmentally, you know, go and explore. And so a lot of times that can be an escape mechanism. So whether or not it is pornography a lot of sex, sexual exploits, compulsive masturbation, all those things can be ways that he has learned to self-medicate and self-soothe. Constant infidelity, 
and no, there's never a woman that's good enough or they want to have, they like the idea. How do I want to say this? Maybe they want to be in an intimate relationship, but they're not sure. They're not sure about it. And what that not sure actually means is that they don't feel safe. They don't feel safe because of how, and they don't have words for it either. They, they might even report, you know, I really love my mom. And you might not even know that it's an emotionally enmeshed relationship because maybe he's even created a whole lot of distance with his mom, even though it's an enmeshed relationship. He lives on the other side of the country. He works a lot. So that way he's not as available to her. Like he's created all these barriers to try to have some sort of independence from his mom. And so you don't catch it until you're you're deep in the weeds or you start to see an interaction or you listen listen a little bit more to the story. And so, of course, I manifest with men who have a hard time with being present and with, with moving forward. A lot of rage towards women. You know, we see that a lot with a lot of our... Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors current red pill men out there who have been emotionally and mentally and physically and sexually and financially hurt or abandoned by the primary women in their lives that's being turned around on everybody else because it's the only way that they can find some power by acting in that rage that they had never been able to experience for the rest of their lives that has also crippled them and their ability to believe in themselves and and think for themselves and love themselves because their primary person in their life has not loved them. So just like us, there's a lot of fight and flight. There's a lot of, let me go and try to do things to distract myself and stay busy and find pleasure and find joy. And they're constantly looking, looking, looking. And then there's also the freezing, the numbing out uh, and the numbing out whether or not mom is present or numbing out whether or not they're just trying to find something to take away that ache inside of them. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And so to be in relationship with someone who's like this, so it happens one of two ways. Sometimes for some of us who are used to being saviors, we come in and we see partners who from the onset 
are, y'all have heard me talk about the broken wing syndrome. They come in and they look like puppy dogs. They look like someone that we can help and fix. And, you know, they say that they want help and they, they're very, again, emotionally expressive about where it hurts and what they need and everything. And you're like, done, got you. I love you. You're amazing. And you want help and you want someone to be present. Baby, I'm here and you're there. And months pass and years pass and you start to realize that this person is still struggling with flying. They're still struggling with believing in themselves. They're still struggling with what they want to do and who they are and, and everything else. And so you coming in as surrogate mom, even though you started as lover, but you came in as surrogate mom. And, you know, I'm, I'm saying this because I've done this. I've done this. You come in ready to help. You know, for those of us who do this, one of the one of the healing milestones that we have to learn is the difference between love and pity. The difference between love and I love you because I'm needed or I love what I get to do for you and versus I love you. And learning how to be with people who are on our level or above? Like how have you ever been in a relationship with someone who was on your level and above and you felt that you deserved to be there and you felt you didn't feel restless? You know, someone who challenged you with the same amount of of energy that you would challenge them and that y'all are able to come to a compromise that it doesn't have to result in a yelling match and anger and and resentment and and, and you're trying to you're trying to beat me down and you're trying to take away my power. You know, for those of us who are used to mothering other people, whether or not as friends or lovers or other people, we we often have two modes. Either we become the mother where we get to be in charge or we are very protective because we're used to other people who are most likely healthy people coming in and trying to like they're they're telling us their opinion and what they want and what they need can feel threatening until we realize that they're not a threat. And sometimes we're able to realize it during the relationship and sometimes it's not until hindsight once we do our own personal work. So so like I was saying, getting into relationships with these type of men comes in one or two ways. So either the one I just went over for the last several minutes is they come in and you see them tender, you see them broken, but they're willing, right? And like, you're like, bet, I got you. And because it's not coming from their own internal compass and what they want, and you're trying to stoke the fire, right? You're like, you said you wanted help. Like you said you wanted this. You said you wanted to stand up to your mom. You said you wanted to get this career. You said, you said, you said, you said. They're, they're not actually moving. And if they are, they're moving at a glacial pace. And also, like I said before, at the beginning, that same rebellion and pushback that they were not able to give to their mothers as their primary figures, you get it, right? They, they're they able to say no to you. They're able to say, you don't understand me, or they're able to say, okay, and then not do anything. That is their rebellion. That is, you know, when you think about what age that is, it's probably like preteen, some, sometimes younger, you know, but they get to they get to work out their trauma through you and you get to get pissed off and riled up for it. And then the other examples, like I said, they're a little bit more higher functioning. 
So they have a career, they have a job, they're able to sit and express their emotions and feelings with you and talk with you about what they need and who they are and compromise with you. And then that great confident man that you see disappears when mom is around, when you're left to fend for yourself. And again, hopefully she's not a blatant narcissist or someone who is very bold with her. This is my son, this is my rules, this is my house, even if it's your house kind of thing. But yeah, and you feel it. And, you know, I felt so bad. I can't even remember the name of the story, but some of y'all may have seen that the story of the soccer player who's, he was married to his soon to be ex-wife for a few years. They had a few kids. And so she went to file for a divorce and thinking that he was, you know, a multimillionaire, come to find out he was broke. And that's because he had been depositing his money into his mom's account for the last who knows how long. And so his mom had all this money. And I was like, you know, you would see some comments and like, there was, that man was like so smart and da, 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 da. First of all, I'm like, what kind of character would you have to be intentionally channeling money that's supposed to be for your family, like all of it to your mom and not leaving anything for your kids and for your wife? Like, then I was like, this is absolutely probably an ideal of his mom. You know, I read some other things that people were like, this is like, this is stuff that people do all the time. But I was like, that's a whole other level. Even if people do it all the time, like to be for over a long period of time, putting all your money in your mom's account. And then it also made me think based on, especially what I'm talking about right now, I was like that poor woman, like I wonder what life was like in that house. And if she actually got to have a relationship with her partner versus she was, you know, maid or childbearer, but not ever wife and partner compared to his mom. So what do you do if you're in this type of relationship? I've already shared a few things for you to keep in mind. And the first thing is... I want you to know that your feelings matter, that you deserve to be in a relationship with someone who honors you and loves you and treats you as partner and equal. You're not making that up. And it's okay that if this has been going on for a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, it's okay for you to be like, I don't like this and I'm done because you have one life here and you get to decide what the next chapter looks like and what your days look like. The next things that I want to share, I'm actually just going to put them all together in one thing versus a bullet point, because I think I have to talk about each of them to, to explain it. So I want you to know that no matter how much standing up to his mother that you do, it's never going to motivate him to do it himself. No matter how much you behind the scenes tell him what he should do and what he should say, is also not going to help him because even if he says what you tell him to say, he's still saying what you're telling him to say. He's still not getting connected to his own sense of self-worth. He's still being puppeted. And and if, if it has worked for you and you're still listening to this and you're getting the relationship that you want, And he's stepping up in the way, like now that mom is out the way, is he actually being the leader that you want him to be in the house? Is he actually using his voice? Is he initiating ideas? Is he protecting you? Are you still the protector? 
Now, let's say mom does get kicked out of the picture. Are you still the one who's having to call all the shots? And how is that wearing on your body, on your mind, on your psyche, on your heart? Are you getting tired of that? Or do you like it? I have yet to meet a woman who has lived in that, that state of being head of household who has been so happy to be there. I have more often heard of women who are head of household who, even if it feels good at the beginning, they get tired of it and they want a man who is a partner and not someone who is a second child that they have to shepherd and herd in, right? And so what needs to happen is he has to get to a place for him to say, I'm tired of this. And for that to happen, you got to get out the way and let that man, man. And I could say let that human, human, because that's the same task that all of us would have to do if we had an emotionally enmeshed relationship with a, a caregiver. But we're talking about men right now. So you're going to have to let him stand up on his own and and do it. And so what does that mean for you? That means this is where your own personal work comes into play at. You figuring out, you you working through the emotional distress that that causes to watch your partner go through that. You going through the distress and doing the work that you need to of how your family is being affected and how your relationship is being affected and how your kids are being affected. You doing your own personal work. And part of that personal work is deciding what you want and what you don't want. I'm going to say that again, because I've said this so many times in the last several episodes, and it's for a reason. You need to decide what you want and what you're able to live with. For some people, the payoff is worth it. Submitting in this area and letting this stuff go is worth being in this type of partnership, worth being in this relationship, worth being in this house, worth all the other emotional and mental benefits I get from me just accepting, okay, the mother is part of the package or the dynamic between mother and son is part of the package. So I'm going to learn to live with it. Instead of you living in resentment with it and started, instead of you living in um, dismay and that eating at your body and that eating at your mind, you need to radically accept this is what I've chosen. And so if this is how it's always going to be, how do I find joy with how things are? Right? So there's that radical acceptance, or you say, it is not worth it. This is not what I want. And so this is not what you want. If you knew that this was going to be this way forever, what is it that you can do in your own power to make the change? You cannot change him. You making changes to try to threaten him to change, and I'm going to leave if you don't and all that other stuff. You, he knows you're not going to leave because you haven't left yet. And also you're only saying that because you're trying to control somebody else. You can only control what you want. So I talk a lot whenever I do workshops, whenever I talk to my students about what are your standards? What are your, what are your requirements? What are your expectations? What is it that you want? And your expectations, your, your standards are your own. Other people can love you so much and sometimes they cannot meet those standards and that's okay. That's not you knocking them and saying that they're not good people. And it's not knocking them and saying that they don't love you. But sometimes some people don't have the emotional capability to give you what you need and what you want. And that's the honest truth. And so if you're being honest in that way, what does that mean? Right? And sometimes what happens is when you start to live in your truth, and if you start to make moves based on what you want and what you don't want and make decisions based on what works for you, what doesn't, and you're saying, you know, for these next several years, I can't imagine continuing to stay this way. And you're making it not 
from ultimatums, but because you're choosing you, sometimes people do rise up and it does. It is a wake up call. Sometimes it isn't because trauma is hard. Trauma is scary. I spent the better part at the beginning of this episode trying to explain how terrifying that is. And so many of y'all know that from experience. And so he or she or they, because I I feel like at this point, many of y'all are probably thinking about yourselves or thinking about other people in your lives right now. They have to do their own journey. And so do you. Right. And so, again, for you, it's you finding the support and help that you need to work through the emotions of what it's like to be in this type of relationship where you feel emotionally abandoned in many ways. I would suggest that you also look at, did I unknowingly recreate some type of dynamic where I've stepped in as mother and mother being, in his case, his protector, the idea manager, to where in some ways in our partnership that he has regressed. And again, you know, that regression can be in the face of a physical mother, or it could just be if mother is not present, let's say mother has died or mother is gone and they're estranged. And so it's just you and your partnership. Does he step up as a equal partner or does he step up as a child? And so what does that mean in that dynamic? What are ways that you can pull back if you have unknowingly stepped into this role? You know, and even in those relationships, y'all, you know, I'm, I'm working on revamping our partner's course. There was at one point in the recovery school, there was a bonus course that was called the partner's course. And I, and I removed it because the people who had already enrolled have kept it. But I removed it because I was like, I feel like there's something missing here. And one of the things that I feel like has been missing is a little bit more of the nuance and our part of sometimes we're with people because they, from jump, we shouldn't have been with them from the first place and they were unhealthy. And sometimes we get with people and by our own dysfunction and by us not being accountable or us not taking ownership of our part and not knowing what it is that we are doing that is dysfunctional, we have created a dysfunctional cycle, right? And so now they are acting dysfunctional, but sometimes it's because of what we come in with, right? So have you created a dynamic where you have fostered your partner kind of leaning back versus allowing space for them to be your partner, right? And so I am really excited to start sharing some lessons for that for those who are open to that. Of course, not everybody will be. Some people want to be able to, you know, yell down their partner and also have their partner stand up. And it's like, you you got to create an atmosphere for there to be an actual healthy balance here for that to happen. And sometimes that means you have to learn how to sit back and to listen in a different way and to talk in a different way. And sometimes to not talk at all and let your partner show up and let your partner's idea rule, even if you think that you have the better idea. And what do you do with that, with those feelings of when you want to like grit your hands and and fight them and, and say, well, do it this way. It would be just so much easier if you did it this way. And for you to not look at your partner as an idiot, because if you think your partner is an idiot, you're going to treat them like an idiot and they're going to feel that. And then you're going to keep getting idiot behavior versus if you think that your partner is amazing and loving and that if you can see their strengths, what would happen if you played to that versus playing to all the things that you don't want? 
anyways, that's a conversation for a different day. But yeah, so that is part of what I wanted to say too. You know, as you're looking at what is it that I want and that I don't want, what is it that I need? What kind of partner do I want to be? For some people, it may end up being that it's time for you to go. And for some people, it's that you need to work on you and that will create a different dynamic in your relationship. So hopefully I'm able to get that out this year. So that was a lot. That was a lot focused on what the experience is like for the mother enmeshed man and what it has, what it kind of, what it shows up as. And of course, a lot for people who are in partnerships with them. And now let me talk to the mamas. And so if the mamas are still listening, (laughs) kudos to you, because I know, I know that if you're still listening right now, that means that you're open. It means that you're wanting to hear is meaning that you don't want your child to be overwhelmed or overrun and to have self-doubt and to be scared. And again, you've been wanting to come from a protective place and a protective stance and you've been doing your best and you've been doing your best while doing this alone. Sometimes you've been doing this alone while you've been in partnership with someone and that has been its own place of torture and sadness for you. And sometimes you've been doing it alone because you've always had to live life alone and figure it out. And so you've been doing the best you can, just you and your little man, now your big man, or you and your kids, and you have been just trying to survive. And you thought that by being open and being real and being present and down to earth in all these ways has helped protect your child, protect your son and give them wisdom. But sometimes it has actually done the opposite. You know, a three-year-old hearing about trauma that's too hard for a 30 or 40, 30, 20, 30 or 40 year old to bear themselves. Just imagine the immense weight and confusion it is for a three, four, six, 11, 12 year old, 16 year old even, right? And especially a child that doesn't have any power, doesn't really have the wherewithal and the the life experience to know that some problems are bigger than smaller things and wanting to fix it for you, wanting to make you happy and then feeling all this pressure and sometimes being able to make you smile. And now they feel like it's always their responsibility, you know, being a parent, you don't know how these things are going to show up. And it's easy to shame ourselves and it's easy to get down on ourselves. But all we can do is we can forgive ourselves, know that we've done the best we knew how. And sometimes we did the best with impossible situations. Sometimes it wasn't even that we were trying to traumatize or trigger our kids. Like we were literally given crap to work with. There was no option B. And we had to do the best we could with option A. And option A produced the result that it did, but at least it was better than what it could have been before. And that's something worth celebrating. And that's something worth acknowledging. Even if, you know, your kids are listening to a podcast, you're like me, that's like, tell them what you feel. <laughs> like, do you understand what I've done? done to protect you and to love you, you know, and they never will. And that's kind of a good thing that they never will. That means you've done your job right. That even though the results were not what they would have wanted, what it could have been, you've done good. So again, if you're listening up until this point, 
outside of giving you this validation, I just want to give you some journaling prompts because where you are right now is really about self-exploration and figuring out what it is that you want so that you can transition your relationship with your child to where he can have more of his identity, more of a sense of self-worth, and you can also work through any fear that comes up for your own end. Grief, loss, you know, for some of you, your child is, has been your only friend and your only confidant, or maybe your main one, the one that's stuck around in between fake friends and partners that's come and gone and family that's betrayed you. And your child has been that person for you. And so letting go in a different way is truly terrifying. And so I just want to give you some journaling prompts that you can do in the comfort of your own bed, couch, holding a pillow, just you and your book, you and your notebook, you and your pen to write out and kind of consider for yourself. Okay, this is in no particular order, but here they are. The first one is, what is it that you want for your son? And if you are in an enmeshed relationship with a daughter and you're listening to this and like you've kind of heard how this can affect people's mental and emotional psyche and all that, then just exchange it. Or if you have a transgender child, whatever, whatever applies to you, go ahead and write that out. Again, the question is, what is it that you want for your for your son? And I'm going to keep it for male gender because that's the topic of today's episode. If he gets to have things, does that mean that you will lose something? And if so, what is that? So once again, if he gets to have the things that you want him to have, does that also somehow mean that you will lose something? And if so, what is it that you're nervous or afraid or anxious to lose? Another question is, how would you want your child's life to be, your son's life to be, if you were no longer here, what was it? What is it that he would be doing? What is it that he would be saying? How would he be showing up in the world? What type of relationships would he have? What decisions would he be making on his own? And the next question is, does he know how to do that now? Does he actually get to practice that? Or does he know how to do it in spirit, but you're still the one doing it for him? You know, I'm going to... I'm going to give a really small example (laughs) for me as a younger mother or a mother of a younger child. You know, Aiden, my son, is at the age where he could, he could totally be dressing himself right now. He's three. He'll be four next month. So before this month, (laughs) time, Lord have mercy. So, but I still dress him, you know, it's quicker, it's easier and low key, I'm going to be honest. I like that little intimate time that we have together, right? And something else, though, is one thing that I love to watch is whenever I come across a man on TikTok that's doing his get ready with me routine and he's like cleaning up his apartment and he's keeping things straight and he's taking care of himself and he's like paying his bills and he's like, you know, he doesn't have just like one armchair in his living room. Like he he's doing a doing the thing, but you know how he learned how to do that? He has someone who taught him. He has someone who parented him and parenting him was not doing for him. You know, we, when I was learning about child development in school, you know, they talk about scaffolding and the idea of you start off doing things for children, 
but then you teach them, you do it with them. So you're there like monitoring them and watching them do it. And then they do it, you, let the, you allow them to do it themselves. And you encourage them and you say you trust them and you let them fall and you let them figure out how to do the mistakes on their own. So does your child get to practice, you know? And so I told myself just to finish the story, I was like, okay, he turns four this month and that's it. At four, he has to start dressing himself. And so, you know, I'm going to build in more time into us getting ready to go wherever we're going to go. I am going to tell myself, because I heard myself say this out loud, that just because he's dressing himself does not mean that we cannot have intimate time together and that this is part of me loving him. Part of me loving him is helping equip him to be a man who can live a full, active life outside of me, who is going to thrive when mommy is not here. And that's what I want for him. I want him to have the best of what love, finance, adventure, joy, experience in school. I want him to be able to go into everything fearlessly and knowing that he's capable and not that he needs me. I'm always going to be here. I'm going to be available, but that he can trust himself. And so, again, that question is, does he know how to do all those things now? And do you allow him to practice it on his own? And are you there just to be that encouragement ear and let him know that even when he falls and makes a mistake, that he is still strong enough and wise enough to figure it out and you trust him, that you don't have to be the one who comes in and tells him what to do and to fix it for him, that he can do it himself. The next question is, do you believe that others can't fill a role for you, fill the roles for you, that your son may have been holding for you. So whether or not that is friendship, whether or not it is emotional companionship, your fun buddy, the person who tells you jokes, the person who encourages you, is it possible for other people to come and fill in aspects of that role for you? Financial support, is, that, is it possible? And if not, why? And if not, then the next question for you is, what if it was possible? What if it was possible for me to have the type of life where there were other people who showed up in this way and write that out? What would that be like for you if that was possible? And the last question is, what if it were possible for you to have the type of life that you want now for you to have full access to happiness and joy that you want at the age you are now, at the state you are now? At the place you are in your life right now, what would it be like if it was possible for you to have that type of life? Okay. So that is today's episode, y'all. It was a lot. It's a longer one today. So I hope that if you're still listening up until this point, you have found it helpful. Again, talked about mother relationships today in honor of our Mother's Day workshop that will be on May 11th at 6.30 p.m. CST. Would love for you to join us. It is in our Healing Circle membership. You can join to attend the workshop and you can cancel after the workshop if you do not want to stay and you get to do it all on your own. You ain't got to send no emails for those of y'all who are afraid of making people mad. <laughs> you can <laughs> you and you you avoid conflict <laughs> because of that. You can join and unjoin at your own convenience within the community. But yeah, we're going to be talking about dealing with a conflictual relationship that you have with a mother. So whether or not it is this emotional enmeshment that we're talking about today, 
even though we talked about it with sons, I know that many people can relate or whether or not it is in very overtly aggressive relationship with an intense mom, whether or not she's a narcissist or just someone who has a whole lot of trauma that comes out, that comes out. <laughs> and, and when it's out, is there. And so we're going to talk about those things today. I'm just going to be a Q&A afterwards. For those of y'all who came to the Toxic Friendship Q&A, where we went for, oh my God, we went over an hour. So uh, we went like two and a half hours that night. Y'all already know what that's about. So you, you know that it gets live, you know that it gets deep, but you know that it is so well worth it. So we'd love to have y'all join me on that night. The link to join is blackgirlsheal.org slash workshop. Or you can go to our main website, blackgirlsheal.org, and you can click on the work with us and scroll down to where it says masterclass workshops and the link will be there for you to join us. So that is it for now, y'all. I look forward to seeing y'all in that workshop and I look forward to seeing y'all in the next episode. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.